Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Lashing out at your mom for that condescending thing she said. Feeling guilty that you're avoiding your dad because he drives you crazy. Well, today you're going to learn my top three tips to not get triggered by family so you can find joy and peace in your relationship with your parents and siblings. Yes, it's possible, so stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm standing today. I'm using my standing desk, which I'm really enjoying. So does it sound different? <laughs> Do I feel different? I like standing up though. I feel like I can move more. Uh, you know, Today, uh, episode is actually a little bit of a hybrid. I'm kind of excited. Um, if, of, you know, I have the kind of Ask Dr. Abby segment, and I, this is inspired by a question I got from a listener, and uh, it's a great one. And, you know, how I normally do the podcast with, you know, your three steps to this and your five ways to do that and all the research and all that. So I sort of uh, combine them. And this is inspired by a listener, but I am doing it in the more kind of formal way. Um, and so, which I really like. So I'm going to give you more of my like kind of step-by-step thing as opposed to just, you know, answering off the top of my head. And, uh, you know, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. And as I always ask, please leave a review. It really helps me. And if you didn't know, uh, we also, the podcast is also on Audible. You can leave a review there. And uh, I we've been um, re- visually <laughs> doing video of me doing the podcast. So if for some reason you'd like to look at my face while you know you're listening, you can go over to my YouTube channel and check it out. How do you like that? So ooh, I'm coming back. I'm grabbing the question. Uh, so this is what someone, I'm going to give you a quick kind of brief thing about what they wrote in. And again, I'm doing this in a broad way today. Um, so first, this lovely woman just goes on that she loves the podcast and she's learned so much and all those good things. So thank you. Uh, she says, I love my mother very much, and she has done so much for our family over the years, ensuring everything was always taken care of you know, meals, chauffeuring, kids around, you know, all that good stuff, all the sports. However, she completely pushes all my buttons and I don't know what to do. 
this could be right. I'm sure you're listening right now thinking, did I write that letter? Uh, I'm the you know, youngest of the family, but take on almost all the responsibility of keeping our family unit connected. Uh, and I have to say, I really related to this because I'm the youngest in my family. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I was that person also. My mom died um, in November of 19, um, no, of 20, sorry. And uh, it, you know, yeah, there, there's a lot to it anyway. So I get that. Anyway, she says, um, I don't have a close relationship with my mom as far as sharing personal things about my life or calling to chat it up. She's not a warm and fuzzy person. And if I'm honest, I must admit, I don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling about her, which makes her feel guilty. And again, sister, I hear you. Again, if you've listened to me before, you know that um, my mom had an issue with narcissism uh, in a real way, like a personality disorder. And uh, I had a lot of feelings that I had to work through. Um, which I did. So, uh, and again, what I'm, what I always teach is, yes, I, uh, I use these tools myself and I can see changes in my life. But for me, what I teach you is not based on my life. It's based on what works, you know, from the research with the literally thousands of clients I've worked with over the years. And certainly again, I still see people. Uh, and so I'm doing hands-on work all the time and I'm seeing what works and what doesn't. So just, I do want to say that, but I probably will be sharing some personal stuff today because this is so close to home. I know my parents appreciate what I do and they, and they do tell me. So, however, my mother is extremely negative and in one breath she'll, you know, compliment me and in the next she'll complain. Uh, and I know so many of you are listening and relating. She needs help, but when I try to help, she snips at me about the slightest little thing. I usually leave her house each week feeling stressed and guilt-ridden because I let her get to me and snapped back at her. Uh-huh. I know deep down I should never feel guilty because I do everything possible to help my parents. So why do I feel so bad every time I'm around her? I feel you. I feel you, sister. She'd like to let these comments roll off her back. Um, and uh, I guess also the mom snips at the dad, which gets her crazy, you know, also drives her nuts. And uh, there you go. So, and she says, again, I love your podcast and appreciate the time and effort you put into each and every episode. Thanks for listening. Oh, oh. so first I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. And you know, everyone listening again, I think can relate to this in some way. If that's not your mom, maybe it's your sibling, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's just someone, you know, really close in your group, <clears throat> but I am going to talk a lot about families today. So, and there's a really, I was watching an interview just a little while ago now with Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, the eat, pray, love woman Which, you know, anyway, but she, what she said in the interview, I really like. she said, <clears throat> I had a great teacher in India who said to me, if you think you're spiritual and evolved uh, and enlightened, go home for Christmas and see how it goes. And I was cracking up. Uh, ain't that the truth, right? So, you know, I know for myself, boy, I go so deep into my spiritual practice and I've been teaching these principles for all these years and decades and all that stuff. And then I would go home to my family and feel like everything went out the window. So uh, so let's get to it. So first, I'm just going to answer the question, why does my family bug me like no one else? Because that's really what you're asking. And then we're going to talk about these three um, tips. And I'm going to... Uh, just really give it to you today. You're getting so much love today. Get ready for the love because here it comes. So, and to me, it's amazing how a stranger can say something to you like, 
uh, hey, what's with the haircut or, you know, someone at work or someone you don't care about. And, you know, maybe you're a little annoyed, but you, you really don't give it a second thought. But then your mom says the same thing and like you lose your shit. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's, <laughs> you know, we, we assign all this stuff to it and it's because we're triggered. You're triggered. I'm triggered. We get triggered. And it's interesting in the, you know, people know I'm a recovering heroin addict and we say in the 12 step rooms, your family easily pushes all your buttons because they're the ones who installed them. And it's very true. When we're with our parents or our siblings, we can get so easily triggered. It's, but what's important is that you have to understand that it's happening below your conscious level of thinking. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't think in those moments, you just do. It's like an emotional trigger is basically, it, it's anything that happens currently that reminds your brain of something that's happened to you earlier in your life. And what's happening is that you're regressing, believe it or not, to an earlier emotional state. So you can't access your adult fabulous emotional skills as easily. And it's an old conditioning and it's coming back to haunt you. So when you're triggered, you really lose your ability to think something through, you know, problem solve, uh, make a thoughtful decision. And this leads to falling into those same negative patterns and arguments over and over again. I know you feel it. Everyone's got triggers. Everyone's got them. It's just that the ones related to our parents and siblings are often the most challenging to move past. And so, and it's it's not impossible though. That's the good news. And I've done it. Many of my clients have done it. And so I'm bringing you the tips right now. So these are my top three tips to not get triggered by family. And they're very simple, but I will tell you, uh, especially probably tip number two isn't so easy, <clears throat> excuse me, all the time. But Okay, but so get ready. Okay, so tip number one, and uh, again, you know, I've talked about this on other podcasts, but you gotta get yourself ready. That's tip number one. You have to be ready. I can't, you know, it's like if you were going into a board meeting at work, you wouldn't just sort of show up. <laughs> You'd be ready, right? Get prepared. What do I have to talk about? How's it gonna go? What do I wanna do? You know, you might even jog in place a little, you know. When I'm coming here today for the podcast, I, I, I do, I jog in place a little. I get my energy up. I, I, I think about all the things. I set intention. Yet, you don't do that all the time with your family. You just sort of go in knowing that you often get triggered and yet you just sort of walk in the door going, oh, today I'm gonna ignore everything my mother says. Like, that works, that doesn't work. So <laughs> I'm gonna, here's what works, is getting yourself ready in a real way. You gotta be in this right headspace first. So, you know, you wanna make sure you relax before you jump on a call with your sister. Set intention before you walk into your parents' house. Don't answer that text or phone call right away. You know, take a moment and center yourself first so you're in the right frame of mind for what you're coming into. Now, let me tell you this, I don't, the right frame of mind isn't, oh, it's gonna be a battle. I'm going to be battling with my mother tag. I get ready. I got to gird, you know, I got you ready. No, 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 no. That is not going to reap you anything good. Getting yourself ready means that you really think for a moment, it takes seconds. I've said this over and over. <laughs> so set intention first. That's your biggie. When you, you know, drive up to your parents' house, sit in your car for a minute, take a moment, do a deep breath, 
do a shoulder shrug. I, I will link to all these wonderful pieces of candy uh, in the show notes. I spoke a lot about it in the last podcast. When we talked about cognitive reframing, which I'm going to sort of come back to again today. Uh, if you didn't listen to that one, it's okay. This one stands on its own. But you know, you can't just think, okay, I'm going to be fine when I go in. It doesn't work that way. You have to actually kind of, you know, really center yourself. I've shared on the podcast before that when my mom used to call me, I would never, ever, ever, ever answer the phone. <laughs> I just didn't. Because even if I was, you know, thinking I was calm, it didn't matter. I'd let it go to voicemail. And then sometimes I would call right back, sometimes I wouldn't. And I would just take a moment and, you know, take a nice relaxing breath, really center, set my intention for how I want to be on the call. I want to be patient and kind. I'd remember, you know, my your mom loves you. She shows it a different way sometimes than you want. But, you know, this is, this person loves you. Uh, I would do whatever I had to do in that. And then, you know, I'm I would set intention for how I want the conversation to go. I want to get off the phone and feel at peace. I want her to feel at peace. I want her to feel loved and supported. You know, I would set all that and then I'd call back. Takes, I've called it the 18 second shift before because that's all it takes. It's so quick. If you don't have 20 seconds, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you got all this time to listen to me ramble, apparently. Some, somebody left a review that I ramble um, to hear me chat, to hear me talk. So please, please take the time to set intention. And if you get caught unawares, you know, maybe something happens very quickly in a moment. Maybe you're at your parents and you'd set intention. You're all in a good place. And then your brother walks in unexpectedly. Again, as quick as you can, set intention for every new interaction. Really think about that. And some of that is getting yourself, some of this whole, you know, being prepared, getting yourself ready also means that you might have an exit plan in place. Um, maybe for dinner, you know that you don't want to stay overstay and say, "Hey, it's so uh, I had so much planned today. I didn't want to miss this dinner, uh, but I do I do need to leave at eight o'clock, or I do need to leave at a certain time, um, or limit the time just in general." But definitely have that plan. And I also want to remind people that you can love from a distance. It's just because you know there's a certain way your family does things doesn't mean you have to do it that way. So uh, I think for a lot of people loving from a distance, it, to me, it's important to love everyone. It's not important to be in their space and loving them. <laughs> How do you like that? Okay. So that's tip number one, get prepared. I will link to setting intention and all that, all those good things. Tip number two is something we spoke about last week, but I'm going to get very specific right now. And that is to have a cognitive reframe. And the cognitive reframing is all about finding a new perspective, um, a new point of view, so you can think differently and therefore feel differently about a, a person or situation. And uh, it's really, again, we feel the way we think. So if you start thinking differently, you can feel different around your family and you can have then different uh, reactions and actions. And there, But I'm going to give you three specific cognitive reframes that I find highly effective. And so you can use all of them or one of them that just suits you. You know, you might find that one of these doesn't suit you, but these are the ones that I've used and that I've had my clients use to really change how they're thinking about their family and the interactions they're having so that they can have different interactions. So reframe A 
is to think that your family members are the greatest spiritual teachers in your life. I'm going to say that again because I flub my words. And it's true. Your family members are the greatest spiritual teachers in your life. So they are there and you are interacting with them for a reason. And if you enter into each interaction with your mom or your brother or your dad or whoever, really thinking about this, like this person's here to teach, this is a teachable moment right now. What am I being asked to learn right here? How can this interaction help me? Um, what, it, what is this? What is this interaction calling me to pay attention to? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Maybe you need to look at your boundaries. Maybe it's calling attention to your boundaries. Maybe you need to work on your compassion. Getting more compassionate for others means we're more compassionate with ourselves. Maybe you're getting a lesson in patience. And I want to be clear that all of these lessons will help you in the rest of your relationships. So with your partner, with your boss, with your coworkers, with your kids, these, there is no, I know we like to think, oh, I'm so different at home than I am in the rest of my world. You're not. You're more triggered, you know, at home or with the, that family members maybe than you are other places. But for sure, it is showing up, I would say, no matter what, in your romantic relationships for sure. Uh, and I would also say in any kind of authority relationships, if you have a lot of issues with your parents, so with a boss or someone like that. So this they're here to teach you. They're spiritual teachers. And if you think of them that way, it's a very different interaction. So that's what one cognitive reframe. Another one is to ask yourself something I say all the time, do you want to be correct or effective? Do I want to be correct or effective? Sure. Maybe it's because you might be correct that your sister is always competing with you or that your dad doesn't respect your job, but is it effective to get entrenched in that battle with them? And I want to be clear that what do I mean by effective? To me, an effective interaction doesn't mean that I'm right. Because again, do you want to be correct or effective? You don't get, you know, that's not about, it's not about being right. It's about that you walk away feeling loving. You walk away feeling at peace that that's it. So you need to figure out how you could be effective in making that happen. That That's your effective part. How can I walk away in peace? You know, again, right or happy, you decide. That's up to you. So maybe this frame's not for you. But I have to tell you, you will find a whole different way to interact with your family if you adopt this. And then the last one, the last reframe is uh, what I call, how do you know? <laughs> we are so sure that we're right about things. Uh, you know, my, my dad knew that would bother me. That's why he said it. Um, my sister, my aunt, my whoever clearly doesn't care about me or she wouldn't have done that thing. We assign meaning everywhere and we're so sure we're right about it. And instead, I want you to ask yourself, what else could be true? about this situation. 
or what they said or what they did. What else could be true? Not what else is, but to get out of that idea that you're so right about things, that you're so sure, and to assign, you know, we assign all this meaning to what people do. Uh, and it's, it's, I will tell you from all these years of experience, it's generally not correct. You think you're so correct. You think you're so right and you're not. And again, would you rather be correct or effective? You know, kind of goes back to reframe too. It's your choice if you want to be so right about it. But if you're not going to walk away feeling love and feeling peaceful and feeling calm and feeling joy with your family, then I'm not sure why you're so wedded to it. So really get past that. And then tip three right? So you're going to get ready, all that. You're going to do some cognitive reframing. And then the third thing is to be mindful throughout your time together. Uh, You can't just get yourself all, you know, centered and groovy before the interaction and then do nothing the rest of the time you're with your family member, whoever that is. If you're spending, I would say, my rule of thumb, if you're spending more than an hour together, you need to create ways to stay mindful throughout your time together. It, you can't just set intention in your car, go in the house, and then be at Thanksgiving dinner for five hours and expect to never get triggered. It's not going to happen. So you 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 got to do this however you do this. And you know I'm all about the mindfulness, but you have to figure this out. Uh, an easy thing you could do maybe is set a reminder on your phone for every hour that you're with them. Just set a reminder. When it goes off, take a moment. Do a shoulder shrug, you know, take a deep breath, whatever you have to do, send to yourself, remind, maybe have a mantra, all is well. I love my family. Remember, go maybe go back to that cognitive reframe that you set up. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I gotta think this way. You know, just remind yourself of what's really happening. And, you know, really take breaks often. That's another tip I always say. Go wash your face, go, go for a walk, step outside, say you forgot something in the car. I, I don't care go to the bathroom a lot, whatever you need to get yourself away for a few minutes so you can recenter yourself. And I want to say, you know, when you're mindful, you still might get triggered. It's not like you suddenly become some, you know, all-knowing, all-seeing, what you know, guru, but you'll be able to identify when you're triggered. And because the key is to act, not react right? To act, not react. Reacting, you know, re means again. So you're acting in an old way again, a way you've acted before. To act means you're thoughtful, you're in control, you're thinking about it, you're, you're, you're deciding where the ship is going. And that's really it. So there's plenty of times when my mom was alive that I was still triggered by her, but I would notice it uh, really pretty much every time towards the end. I, you know, I got really, you get better at this the longer you do it. You really do. And I can't even remember being mad at her for the last few years of her life, like, or finding, you know, or walking away feeling like, I want to kill her, you know, uh, that really ended, um, a long time before. So, which was wonderful. And so I will tell you that when my mom died, we were at peace. I know she felt that I love, you know, knew I loved her. I felt love from her. And that is a wonderful thing to be standing here today talking about because I never thought that was going to be possible. And a lot of that also was about forgiveness, which we're going to be doing a podcast in a, soon, should be in September, about forgiveness uh, and really going deep on that. But it's also, a lot of it is this and these things. And I want to just say before we end today, two other thoughts that I need you to keep front and center as you're thinking about this. These are two other things that, to me that are really important. And one is you love, but do you accept? You know, there comes a time when we need to stop railing against the machine 
uh, you know, my, I had, I had to finally make peace with the fact that my mom was never going to be that mom that I dreamed about. It, she just wasn't, I, it wasn't going to change. So, and how could I accept her for who she is and stop again, railing against it? it it's about loving someone, not despite things you don't like, but, you know, um, embracing or including all the things that used to drive you crazy. It's just part of them. You can kind of chuckle instead of going crazy. This is them. Just like you want to be accepted for who you are, it's interesting. A lot of what drives us crazy is when we don't feel like our parents or our siblings see us or hear us or uh, like we're feeling very misunderstood. And yet we're really doing the same thing to them. We are uh, railing against them and not trying to understand them and not, you know, we're deciding. And so when you start to listen like you're wrong, when you start to really open up to just accepting this is this person and how can I be effective within that without, you know, trying, I can't change them. I have a whole video on um, that I did about unconditional love versus unconditional acceptance that I will link in the show notes, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Um, but uh, you know, you really have to get into that. And then the second piece is really linked to that, which is that you can't, you can't control other people. There's no one who's tried harder than me to control everyone in their lives. I still try. Uh, it is my, it is one of my favorite things. <laughs> and one of the worst, you know, parts of myself, one of my character defects we say in the rooms, uh, in 12 steps, one of the things that I really work on a lot. So I've done podcasts on this and written blogs about controlling behavior and how to stop that. I will link to those in the show notes. But, you know, so um, like this person who wrote in and was saying that their, her mom was mean to her dad too, and that was driving her crazy. And, you know, if you don't like it, that's between your dad and your mom. You got to stay out of it. You, what we're often doing is just looking for a justification to be angry at our mom or whoever. And, that's not about, that's about their marriage. You don't get to decide that your dad is some helpless creature all of a sudden, and they need to work that out. That is not up to you. You are only responsible for your relationship with this person and your, how you're coming to them. And I had a conversation with a client the other day and she said, um, you know, I'm, I'm allowed to have whatever reaction I want. You know, her, her husband wasn't okay with the reaction she was having to something that he was asking her about. And she was really upset about it. And I said to her, you know, actually, that's not true. You're not allowed to have whatever reaction you want. You're allowed to have whatever true feelings you really have. Those are yours. But so, for example, it wouldn't be okay if your reaction was to slap him. Why? That's not okay. It's not okay if your reaction is to scream like crazy at him. That's not, that's abusive. Like, your react, no, you, you don't get a right to have any reaction you want. However, your feelings absolutely. And, but I do, I say true feelings because if anger, rage, uh, you know, overwhelm, frustration, resentment are your only feelings that you're identifying, those aren't your true feelings. Uh, I always have that Celeste Ang quote, uh, anger is the bodyguard of fear. So I need you to get under that. That's your real reaction. That's your true feeling. And absolutely, you have the right to that. Absolutely. But I need you to actually know what it is and then deal with it from there, right? Don't don't jump somewhere that it's not. So, you know, if you're, again, but getting back to this controlling thing, uh, sometimes what happens too is we have a parent who, or I think actually she said it in this, in this letter, you know, her mom needs help, but it starts to refuse it. And this does happen when our parents age 
I'm sure I'm going to be the most crotchety old person, my poor kids, because I'm not going to like when I lose control because I'm a control enthusiast, as we know, and I'm sure that's going to be one of my harder things. And it's already harder for me because I'm older and, you know, things don't work as well as they used to. And my skin doesn't look the same or whatever. There's things that are out of my control. And I already can find myself railing against that machine. And, you know, you got to stop, right? You have to find a way out of that. So if you think your dad needs help, but he's refusing it, you're going to need to find a middle ground or you maybe hire someone else to help. So it's not so personal, but you're going to have to figure it out. It can't just be, well, you know, ramming it down their throats, because again, you're not going to want that when you age. And by the way, if you're, if this is about your parents and you have kids, your kids are watching. One of the reasons I made a lot of peace with my mom, because I thought my children are watching me interact with my mother and they're going to be treating me in a lot of ways, how I'm modeling for them, you're, it's okay to treat your parents. And so I have to tell you that was sitting in my head and that was a motivator. You might think it's not okay that that was one of my motivators, but it was. And it really helped me. It did help me get to that good place with her, but I wanted them to see that uh, it's not about um, that my mother had to act a certain way to, you know, get my love or attention. And, you know, and then I remember my siblings used to get, because I was sort of, again, that main person with my mom, and they'd say, well, mom needs this, or she should be in a home, or she should do whatever, you know. And I did not force my mother to do anything. You know, she wanted to live on her own. She was down in Florida. She was far away. I tried to move her near me. She refused. You know, I tried all the things. This is how she wanted to live. So there were also consequences of that, that I didn't visit as much. I'm not schlepping to Florida every second. I live in California now and I'm not, I'm not flying 3000 miles every holiday. I like I'm not. So you made that choice. I have young kids. I can't make that happen. So I also, you know, my job was to have a boundary around that. So if you're sitting there thinking, feeling guilty, well, then I can't visit and then I feel horrible. No, no, no. That's their choice. They are adults. They get these choices. And yes, my mother was, you know, having dementia. She got older and other things, but I got help in the house for her. My mom died the way she asked. She asked to be in her home. And I said to her, I will make that commitment to you for as long as we can. I will keep you in your home with help. You know, that as long as I can, you will not be, you know, put into a home or skilled nursing or whatever, because she didn't want that for as long as she didn't have to have it. And I said, let's make that happen as long as we can. And we did. She, that's how she had uh, her last week was in the hospital and she died and that was it. So I'm really happy knowing that she had the life she wanted. And I think we all deserve that if it can happen. But I had to put aside my own guilt, my own feelings of control, my own everything, and allow her to, you know, and support her in the ways I could to live the life she wanted to live. So, but you've got to draw your boundaries and you have to figure that out. And you really want to step back from deciding that you know what's best for these people or, you know, that it should be a certain way, all that. So, okay. So that's it for today. I want to remind you again, the mindfulness is key. I have a free mindfulness starter kit. I also have a free meditation starter kit. If you want either of those, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Um, You can find the links. Uh, They're also, I think, on the shop page of the website. And it's really important to be, again, using your mindful tools to make all the rest of them work. I just can't say that enough. It's not that hard. I promise once you get 
in the practice of it, it comes so easily. Uh, but you, you're going to have to do that little bit of effort in the beginning, but it's truly minutes a day in the beginning. So that's it for today. I love this question. Thank you. Please keep writing in abby at abbymedcalf.com. Let me know what you, uh, a topic you want covered on the podcast or anything, any question you have like this. <sighs> I love and adore you. Have a wonderful week. There is great, great love here for you. It's everywhere. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.